It's time to meet the Kid Explorers. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to the lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in downtown Splendid, West Virginia. And what a town it is. You've learned a lot about Splendid over the last eight months. You've met our kid superheroes, time-traveling teens. You've met the St. Nick Squad and Turk and Pork Chop, not to mention Barnum the Detective Dog and Cole, the race car driving cat. You've met our kid detectives. We even have our own kid space force. But you've yet to meet our kid explorers. These are their stories. Kid Explorers Underground Part 1 Nine-year-old Tex spent three weeks out of every summer staying with his grandpa, Fred. Tex enjoyed the scenic view of the rolling hills and valleys near splendid West Virginia and found the slow, laid-back, peaceful country setting a welcome contrast to his hectic, fast-paced, big-city home. At least for a few weeks out of the year, Tex told his grandfather, I don't think I'd want to live here year-round. His grandpa, Fred, laughed. No, I figure your mom might miss you too much if I kept you all year. Tex spent his days flicking around old marbles, playing card games, and listening to the Cincinnati Reds on an antique radio that Tex assumed was 50 or 60 years old, and he wasn't that far off. Tex and his Grandpa Fred would go fishing or canoeing or swimming in a nearby lake from time to time as well. Welcome escapes from the humid July days and nights West Virginia has to offer. Though he loved the company of his grandfather, Tex sometimes longed for company his own age. The closest neighbors were miles away, and the median age of the entire county was about 76, so that likely wasn't going to happen. Until this particular summer, it did. Wake me up at two o'clock, Grandpa Fred barked. Grandpa always took a nap after lunch and had Tex wake him promptly at two so that they could watch a Good Guys and Bad Guys rerun on TV. Tex enjoyed this time with his grandfather, especially since he knew his mother would never let him watch a show like that at home. We got good guys and bad guys all around us, Tex's mom would shout. You want to see someone not acting right and getting arrested? Just step outside. Tex played quietly in the living room with his toys until the clock struck two. He jumped up and bolted for the stairs. Grandpa Fred's bedroom was at the top of a set of old creaky stairs that freaked Tex out. Creak, creak, creak. The stairs would pop as Tex bound up them, and he was sure he'd fall right through one of these days. Creak, creak, creak. Tex was halfway to the top. Creak, creak. Crack. In a flash, Tex was falling deep into a dark abyss. His worst nightmare had come true. Those stairs did give in, 
and now Tex was sliding downward fast. Tex landed hard on a dirt floor. The wind knocked out of him. After a few moments, he rose slowly. Tex had expected to find himself in the heart of Grandpa Fred's basement, but as he examined unfamiliar surroundings, he could tell that wasn't the case. It was dark, and it took a few minutes for Tex's eyes to adjust. He appeared to be in a tunnel, as he was surrounded on all sides by dirt. A few small torches adorned the tunnel's walls to his right, and Tex grabbed one. To his left, every ten yards or so, an opening or a small doorway led who knows where. Those tunnel offshoots appeared much smaller, so Tex decided to stay in the main thoroughfare he had landed in. But he wasn't sure which direction to head. Both ways led to identical darkness. This way, a whispered voice echoed in his direction. Tex was not comforted. In fact, he was quite scared, and he couldn't decide whether he should hike toward or away from the voice. The mysterious voice insisted, this way. Tex's curiosity won the best of him, and he cautiously traveled toward the voice, torch in hand. This way. Come on. The voice summoned louder. Tex was getting closer. Finally, Tex spoke back. Who's there? Come closer, and you'll see. Tex stopped, took a deep breath, and then continued on toward the voice. He was quite close, he thought, when a figure suddenly leapt at him from one of the smaller openings on the tunnel's side. Tex was tackled hard to the ground, a girl his own age by his side. Tex was startled. Why do you do that? The girl put a finger to her mouth, indicating that Tex should shh. She then grabbed Tex's hand, helped him to his feet, and quickly pulled him in the opposite direction from where he had been heading, away from the this-way voice. They ran hard for a few seconds before Tex insisted on stopping. Wait, who are you? My name is Tamara, she responded. Where are we? Tamara's eyes looked agitated, as if to communicate to Tex that they didn't have time for this conversation. But then she relented. This is the Infinity Tunnel. That voice is the dark. You can go meet him if you want, but if you'd rather live, you better come with me. Tex staggered. Infinity Tunnel? How do we get out? Tamara answered, You tell me. Show me how you got here. The dark's voice insisted this way. Tamara and Tex looked in the direction of the voice, then looked at each other, and then sprinted away in the opposite direction. Meanwhile, it was 2.20, and Grandpa Fred was sleeping through his good guys and bad guys rerun. To be continued. To be continued because, honestly, I don't know where the rest of that story takes us yet. But I'm on the case of Tex and Tamra and that infinity tunnel and the dark's voice and poor Grandpa Fred.
oversleeping through his favorite television show. I'll keep you updated, listeners. Now, Tex and Tamara are not the only kid explorers in this town. There's a couple others that I know even better because they explore the grounds around Splendid University on quite the regular basis. Their names are Donnie Davies and Teresa Thomas. This is but one of their many stories. It's called Kid Explorers Forest Part One. Donnie Davies loved exploring the woods nearby Splendid University. His mother was a professor at Splendid and often brought young Donnie with her to work. On cool, rainy days, that meant hours inside reading books. On bright, sunny days, it meant outdoor adventures. If Donnie was lucky, his good friend Teresa Thomas would join him. Teresa's grandmother taught at SU, and Teresa often tagged along. Donnie and Teresa were both the same age, nine, and they had become good friends over the years. Donnie and Teresa both liked to explore. They both had vivid imaginations that they used to pretend they were searching for treasure, or battling ancient bad guys, or discovering new lands. One day, their imaginings became all too real. The ground began to shake violently. Donnie and Teresa knew something was wrong. The two kids heard a terrifying scream echoing through the trees. Follow me, Teresa ran, and Donnie followed. They retreated not toward the school, but deeper into the forest to hide. Why? Donnie asked. Teresa explained that the forest brush would be a safer place to hide from whatever than the wide-open campus. Just as Donnie was about to protest, he tripped. What is this? He marveled at the large object that had sent him plummeting to the ground. Get up! We've got to... Teresa stopped in her tracks when she noticed something shocking. Donnie had tripped over a large golden stick almost more like a spear or a staff of some kind, Teresa muttered as she helped Donnie lift it. They brushed off some of the dirt, and the golden, emerald-topped staff gleamed beautifully in the sun shining through the trees. It was large and quite heavy, too, at least 12 feet tall and weighing 50 pounds. Donnie and Teresa had a hard time maneuvering it, especially with the ground quaking more and more. Suddenly, a large shadow appeared over them. It was as if the sun had been blocked out by the clouds. But when our kid explorers looked up, they realized something far more dangerous than rain was on the horizon. What is... Teresa couldn't finish her sentence. Uh-oh was all Donnie could muster. Above them stood a giant, at least twenty feet tall and wide, and he looked angry. My staff, the giant screamed. Is this yours? Teresa asked. You can have it, Donnie said simultaneously. They both let go of the large object, and it crashed to the ground. 
When it did, a powerful surge shot from its end and knocked the giant clean over. The force of the ground shaking knocked Teresa and Donnie down as well. You dare use my magical staff against me? The giant was even angrier now. Donnie and Teresa rose to their feet and began to run quickly away from the giant. The giant, more irritated than ever, rose, grabbed his staff, and chased the kid explorers deeper into the woods. Magical blast after magical blast shot from the giant's staff, each one coming closer to hitting Donnie and Teresa. Tree branches were blasted clear away, and leaves and dirt went flying in every direction as the magical staff blasts echoed through the wilderness. Teresa, out of breath, while running fast, commanded, We won't be able to outrun him. Donnie answered, Stop. Duck behind that tree, over there. Teresa stopped and hid, while Donnie stopped and hid beside a nearby tree. He gasped for air, while removing his shoes and shoelaces. What are you doing? questioned Teresa. Grab this end. Donnie held on to one end of the shoelace and tossed the other end to Teresa. Brilliant, you're making a tripwire. Donnie nodded. We only have one shot at this. Hold your end tight. The ground shook more violently, and the giant's gargling screams pierced the air. He was close. Donnie and Teresa held opposite ends of his shoelace, hoping their plan would work. The giant never saw it coming. He tripped hard, tumbling to the ground and dropping his magical staff. Donnie and Teresa ran to grab it. As the giant attempted to rise, they both pointed the staff at him. Don't make us use this thing, whatever it is, Teresa screamed. The giant laughed and grabbed a tree to help support his standing, not realizing that the tree in question was quite dead. Its roots easily gave away under the enormous weight and pressure of the giant, and the tree ripped right up out of the dirt. The giant lost his balance and tumbled a few steps back and then over the edge of a large hill. Oh no, Donnie yelled. The kid explorers watched the giant tumble down the hillside, crashing into rocks and fallen trees and screaming painfully. We have to help him. Teresa dropped the staff and began to carefully navigate her way down a path that led to the fallen giant. Donnie protested, but Teresa couldn't stand to see any living creature in pain, even if it was a giant monster that moments ago had been set on their destruction. Donnie followed Teresa, and they were both soon at the giant's side. Are you okay? Can we help? That was a bad fall. Teresa was crying. Upon noticing this, the giant's rage turned to care. The giant was clearly touched as he mumbled, You want to help me? We'll make you a deal, Donnie negotiated, his voice quivering with fear. We'll help you out, and in exchange, you don't stomp us into bits or blast us with your magical staff. The giant laughed, and soon Donnie and Teresa joined him. The massive creature was quite bruised, but fortunately had not broken any bones. The three navigated their way to the top of the hill together, helping each other out along the way. 
When they reached the top, the giant grabbed his magical golden emerald staff. For a moment, fear filled Donnie and Teresa. What if he turned on them? What if the giant didn't keep his end of the deal? The giant admired his weapon and said, I've been looking everywhere for this. Thank you. He ripped the emerald from its jeweled top and tossed it to the kid explorers. Take that for payment. Donnie and Teresa stood speechless. They had so many questions. Each one wanted to ask where the giant was from, how he got to Splendid, what the staff meant to him, but they both just stood there dumbfounded. The giant walked away, slowly and powerfully, back from whence he came. We better do the same, Teresa spoke. What? Oh yeah, we're going to be late. Donnie and Teresa returned to campus and told everyone the tale of the giant they had encountered, battled and befriended in the woods, his giant magical golden staff, and the emerald he had given them as payment. The adults admired the kids' imaginations, though only one of them believed the kids' tale to be 100% true. She was the splendid university librarian, Mrs. Wilson, Mrs. Wilson had seen some strange things in her long tenure at Splendid University. She wrote about them all in a journal, though she had never shared the journal's contents with anyone, until she met Donnie and Teresa. That is a story for another day. The kids donated the giant's emerald to the school, and it is now on display in the Splendid University Library alongside a large, ancient stone. More on it in a future story. Under the emerald reads the inscription, an emerald from a giant's magical staff procured from kid explorers Donnie Davies and Teresa Thomas, 2019. The end for now. And the end indeed for this week's episode... I hope you enjoyed it. Be good to each other and have a wild and wonderful week. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. And Levi Joy. I'm Rissy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might turn you into a tree or a shrub. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.